Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon, a day early, and then everywhere else, wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Kenny, joining us always with Mr. Finley Martin Fibber, a little bit late this week, but better late than never. Is that's it, that's it, yeah. So we got that one correct. I'm not sure if we are a day early this week. Well, it still goes up on Patreon a day early. So, ah, yes, of course. So, so that will always be the case. Uh-huh. Um, but how are you? We, we we rarely record on a Saturday. Yeah, I'm good. Well, the, the problem was the deadline for for the magazine on what's going down, which is the last thing that's written, that's the news section, of course, was Thursday instead of Wednesday. So I couldn't record a Wednesday. And then you had something to do yesterday. So that's why we're recording today. Indeed, indeed. But we're here uh, and we're ready to podcast. So, I, I mean, it's Saturday now, so Raw seems like a while ago. So we'll not spend too much time on Monday's Raw, but rather than me sort of trying to trudge through the show, what were the what were the takeaways from Raw? What were the, obviously, with the return of Becky Lynch, we had the uh, continuation of Cody and Brock. What were your big takeaways from Raw? I mean, well, the first round and then semi-final matches of the world title tournament they were really the high points of the show to me the first one was Damian Priest versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins Mm -hmm. Uh, Rollins pin Nakamura I thought was really good action I thought everyone had a great night and match Uh, I thought Rollins was the worthy winner of that one I mean lots of people think he's gonna he's gonna win the whole thing and become champ I mean, it does seem like it's his to lose, doesn't it? If this was a real sporting contest, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, uh, so yeah, I really enjoyed that. And then the other first round match was Finn Balor versus Cody Rhodes versus The Miz. Now, I'd previously said, oh, you know, if Cody doesn't win this, he's going to be a two-time loser. 
But he had a valid excuse, didn't he, Kenny, for not winning this first round match? He did. He was he was on his way to winning the first round match when Brock Lesnar appeared. And I believe that last week when we were talking, I did say this is what they should do. You know, yeah. they should have Brock cost him either the first match or the final, um, depending whether they want to set up for Night of Champions. And they have went for the the have it cost him in the first round, which I think is actually a better way to do it. Yes. Um, yeah, I like this way better. And then you know, now we've got the fight for Night of Champions. That's on. Feels like a big match. We're not having to wait three months for it. It's just boom, boom, boom. We're straight into it. So I like the urgency of it. Yes, I agree. And um, Rhodes had the match won. He'd smashed uh, the Miz with uh, Crossroads, I think, three times, um, and made the cover. And at that point, Brock Lesnar suddenly appeared, dragged Rhodes out of the ring. Um, beat him down. Meanwhile, Balor pinned the Miz. So Balor then went to the semi-final in the in later on the program, and Lesnar gave Rhodes an, an absolute thrashing, and um, and he said, you know, you me night of champions, a fight. Lesnar was booed out of the building. I thought Rhodes was really great. Staggered backstage. I mean, he looked like he'd been through hell. Um, so I thought his selling there was very realistic. And I think, you know, that's what pro wrestling needs more of is is the, this realism because that's what provokes the emotion. And when the whole thing's just, no one's taking it seriously, how can we take it seriously? It's just that simple, isn't it, really? Yeah. So Rhodes was backstage and we went to him and he's there in the trainer's room and later on he, he agreed to the match, he accepted Lesnar's challenge. So yes, that match will happen tonight at Champions, as you just said. And then that led to Bala versus Rollins in the semi-final. I thought that was really well done also, and Rollins won that. So, yeah, he'll face the winner of the matches from SmackDown. Now, I haven't seen SmackDown yet. Who who won the matches on SmackDown, Kenny? So the AJ styles Rey Mysterio edge match was won by AJ Styles. Okay. Um, the other triple threat match was won by Bobby Lashley, and then AJ Styles defeated Bobby Lashley in the main event. So it's going to be AJ Styles and Seth Rollins at Night of Champions. That is what most people had forecast, that it was going to be Rollins versus Styles. We'll obviously break SmackDown down, Smackdown down next week on the podcast. So, I mean, it feels like Rollins is, you know, going on. All the way, doesn't it? It's it's hard for me to believe that Styles will build, be Rollins, but I think this is a good spot for Styles because we've been saying this from since last year, haven't we? I mean, he desperately needs reheating. Yeah, so yeah, this would be good for him, and yeah, I think overall it's it's good stuff. And um, we'll see. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see. The, the world title thing is going to take a few months just to see, you know, if it really does still feel a bit like a bit like a B title. Um, yeah. And that will just be up to how they present it on TV. Um, in terms of the return of Becky Lynch, um, I know that you uh, had written, um, I don't want to go into it too much, but you, you'd written that you're not that excited about Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch coming up. No. Um, why? Why are you not excited about it? What is it that's not... Because um, you know, they've turned Trish heel. Yeah. The idea that she's better as a heel than she was as a babyface. She obviously cut that promo that was pretty good last month. Um, why is it not floating your boat? I just don't find Stratus convincing. She's somebody who's just passing through, you know, she's a part-timer. She just, I just don't feel like she's putting her heart and soul into it. And, um, I mean, that's difficult for her because she's long retired full-time 
and has done, you know, it's come back part-time. She had the match with Charlotte at um, SummerSlam some years back. She came back at WrestleMania in 2011, didn't she, for the match there? Was it 2011? It was, yeah, yeah. yeah, with the uh, the Snooky match, wasn't it? Yeah, rest, where, where John Morrison famously snubs her. Because, yes, uh, because yeah. so he took was... it out on her. Should have been Melina in that spot. I mean, just uh, I remember writing actually quite a long piece in Power Slam about that and how Morrison, it was just very immature of him to behave in that manner. I just, I was just astounded, you know, that he would take out on the talent. And of course, it's easier to take it out on the talent than it is to take it out on on the people who booked it because they're an easy target. I remember just thinking that was really sort of infantile by Morrison. Um, but as far as 2023 goes, she's she doesn't really... The problem is Trish is so slight that she doesn't, to me, just look like a threat to anyone. And obviously, Becky Lynch, you know, is not exactly, you know, hefty. You know, she's slight as well. So, I mean, in some ways, they are quite well matched. Um, but Strat, she just doesn't, there's nothing dynamic about it. I mean, okay, that promo on April 17th was, yeah, it was a pretty good promo. Um, but I just, I'm just not picking up any sort of threat from her. And I just don't feel like she's in it for the long haul because we know she isn't. And it just feels so lightweight and superficial. I think those are the words I'm seeking. And um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the only way it can really work for me is that we've got to have something that's a real heat type beatdown or, or episode where Stratus really comes out and shows a lot of menace. And she's never shown that in this run. She's never shown that for years. I think she did show it sometimes when she was a full timer. But that's what we need for me. For, for this to sizzle, that's what this feud needs. It needs more realism. And it just sort of feels too lightweight. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, how much of it though is you know just putting this out for debate? How much of it uh, falls on Becky Lynch for not really seeming that interested either? I mean, Becky Lynch yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah, fair point. I mean, she showed up, didn't she, on Raw, and she was smiling. She sort of beat Stratus down effortlessly. Really, um, Trish didn't really look like any sort of match for Becky Lynch in that angle on Monday. So, yeah, I think she must bear some of the responsibility as well. You know, say, well, what, we're doing the, the review here of The Apprentice, aren't we, in the boardroom. Board <laughs> Who should take the responsibility for the failure of this task? So we're, we're in that role right now, aren't we? You know, I'll be Alan Sugar. You can be. Who are you going to be? I'll be Karen. I'll be Karen. Karen. Oh, man, you. she was pretty tough, wasn't she? In the well, that's that's Baroness Brady to you, not oh. Karen. Did you see her in the interview round in the last season of the... Uh, she got yeah. some flag for that online, didn't she, for being too tough on him? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, th- I mean, yeah, that was that episode was... By that point, you were like, why have you even got these people here? <laughs> You're just tearing them all apart. Oh, I mean, I you know, I thought... Anyway, let's not go to The Apprentice, but I thought she was actually pretty tough and um, on the candidates. But there again, the candidates' business plans didn't stack up, did they? So, I mean, who's at fault here? So, but I mean, as far as Becky, yeah, I mean, she needs to, she needs to put her back into this. And I'm not really sure why she's not doing so, because I imagine she does respect Trish Stratus for who she is and what she did. And, you know, as we discovered when we were reviewing WrestleMania 19, you know, really good performance from Trish there. And um, she was actually better in 2003 than I remembered her. So, Mm -hmm. you know, she does, I think, deserve respect for what she once was. 
But I think all the moving parts here need to get their heads together and try and work out how they can make this, you know, just just have more oomph, Kenny, more wallop. That's what it needs. Well, so yeah, I think to me, part of the issue with Becky is that I think that because she's such a big name now, I think she kind of rests on that. No, there's not yeah. an urgency there, and you know, Cena was very guilty of that. I don't think I don't think Roman is particularly guilty of that. I think he t- still tends to when he's around put in really good performances. But I think with Becky, it's kind of you know she's got to, to a level where she's just a big star, and you know it, that's just she's just kind of there now. Yeah, she's, she's not really seemed to have a since the Bianca Belair program ended last year. She's kind of seemed a bit aimless. Yeah. So, We'll see, yeah, we'll, see, we'll see it picks up. She did actually, um, it segues into my next uh, point where my next uh, topic was going to be, she actually did an interview with Mark Andrews for his BBC Sounds podcast and she did say that WWE, um, or, uh, she's basically, there, there could be a WWE show in Ireland fairly soon. I'm going to get the quotes from her here. But uh, she was on this podcast and she said, uh, we were just talking about that. Yes, I gave the venue and all, the RDS, we can have, we can have one. I don't know what we have. I don't I don't know that we have the population to sustain it, but I think we have the UK and Europe so close, absolutely. So the RDS arena is an 18,000 capacity in Dublin. So, oh, they'll, they'll feel that easy. Yeah. I mean, easy. No. I mean, yeah, you, you, got her, you got her, you got Finn, you know, it's no problem. If you, at, least, at least with this time, it's, you, know, you don't really need to shoehorn Drew McIntyre and Wales into it. You know. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, Ireland has got like the lowest corporation tax rate, I think, in Europe. So, um, I mean, that's a great place for a company to go and run a show, you know. So, um, you know, it's very favorable tax laws there. And I think it would do very well, you know. I think that I think that'd be a first day sellout easy. Yeah, 100%. Um, I did want to bring up quickly the uh, AEW... Uh... TV deal is expected to be announced this coming Wednesday, a new deal. Um, and it's the, the rumors are the rumors are a five year deal covering uh dynamite rampage and collision, um, that would equate to about a billion dollars all in or about 300, yeah. 300 million per show for the five years. Um, what, what figure would you attribute to be a success for AEW in terms of? being around for the long haul in terms of a TV deal? Well, that sounds pretty successful to me. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's going to guarantee that the company will be profitable for the next five years. I mean, I, as we've said before on the podcast, I don't think AEW has ever been under any pressure to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'd be amazed if it's making much money at the moment with the amount of money they spend on talent. Um but um, I mean, yeah, I mean that that'd be tremendous. I mean, especially given the ratings performance lately. I mean, they're not, you know, the numbers have been. I mean, they were up slightly this week, eight hundred and seventy-seven thousand. But I mean, they gave away a cage match, you know, big cage match on TV. So if the numbers hadn't gone up this week, that would have been a really bad sign, wouldn't it? I mean, I know we've got competition at the moment, but we have we have competition every year, don't we? Yeah, so, I mean, it must be that. that... Uh, Warner are happy with those numbers. Yes. Oh, without that, a doubt. Yes. Absolutely. You know, it's it's because I know I know Eric Bischoff had kind of, uh, you know, when him and Tony were at odds at the height of their being at odds, 
he'd sort of kind of compared to what Nitro was maybe doing in 1998. So it's a different landscape now. You know, Raw, as an example, Raw's been on for 30 years. So you've got this kind of designated fan base and it's a massive corporation. So of course they're going to have these huge numbers and SmackDown's going to show for 24 years now. Yeah, 99 it started, didn't it? Yeah, so I feel like, you know, it's... They're they're not. I, I just don't think AEW are going to get to those numbers in the next. Plus, plus it's a different time, isn't it? I mean, you know, don't believe what Vince Russo said. <laughs> uh, but it is a different time, and um, you know, I'm still mystified by that interview with the you know the <laughs> virtuoso Vince Russo. Um, just. Crazy. I mean, you, these shows just don't draw those numbers anymore. I mean, I remember like 20 years ago, you go back and look at the ratings that programs were drawing 20 years ago, and they were much higher than what they pull in now. And, um, you know, in our country, I mean, it's like Strictly still does well. I think Bake Off does well for Channel 4. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there aren't really that many other shows that do huge numbers week in, week out. They just aren't. And I mean, I'm, I think like, Coronation Street and EastEnders used to be huge, huge range draws. I mean, I know they still do well by the standards of now, but nowhere near as well as they used to because of the changes in the TV marketplace and so much more competition. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if, if AEW get that TV deal, it's, it's, it's great for wrestling. You know, not just AEW, it's great for wrestling because you want there to be that kind of competition there where there's two big companies and um, yeah, I'm really, really glad if that is the number, you know, if, if there are numbers in that ballpark, I think that's really, really good. Yeah, I mean, and you know what, this is really good news for WWE as well, because they're, I mean, they must be in talks by now. Because I, I think Nick Pan had said that the, at the moment they're in talks with Fox and NBC Universal, who own USA, yeah. but I think that the, I think it's the end of this month when the exclusivity talks end. Okay. And that's when they can then you know, put out there to other... Uh, Take it out to the free market and see what other people are willing to offer. Yes. So, I mean, if AEW is attracting those kind of numbers, and I know they're not as hefty as what WWE signed back in, was it 2019, the last deal yes. came to effect, wasn't yeah. it? 2019. And they were closed in 2018, if memory serves me correctly. Mm-hmm. So they always want to get these signed up, you know, these secured well in advance for obvious reasons. So, I mean, if that's what Warner Brothers Discovery is willing to offer AEW, then WWE will be saying, hold on, you know, if they're worth that, we're worth a hell of a lot more. And they are. But you, and could especially- argue, you, could, you could even argue if, if Raw, say Raw on average, I don't know the numbers exactly, say Raw on average does 1.8 million or 1.7 yeah. million. And SmackDown on average does two million. Just let's well, it's, I'd say a bit above that, maybe two point one, two point two, probably an average. So, so if those two averages, you're basically talking double the AEW numbers. So, well, yeah, you, yeah, easy, easy. easy. So you could argue double the 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 money essentially. Yeah, if you've got that, I mean, I know it all depends on different things like demos and all that, but you know, you could argue double. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to, and it'll be good for WWE to. And now that they're under the Endeavor label, I'm sure that Endeavor will be uh, endeavouring to get them. Hey! Um, I did want to touch on quickly, because I know you had written about it in the upcoming issue of uh, Inside the Oaks magazine. So, and I don't think this really spoils any of that. Uh, but you do talk about Jungle Boy. 
Jack Perry and about the appearance he had for the love of wrestling that we talked about last week. Yeah, I just want to ask because um, I was curious because I know that uh, Tim, who runs on the on this day WWE Twitter, he had kind of got in touch and said that he thought that our uh, criticism of Jack Perry was a little bit harsh. But I, I I know that you've watched the video of the Q and A, so I've not seen the video. Um, did he come across as badly in the video as we were talking about last week? Was it not as bad? Like, what was the actual in terms of his tone and demeanor? How did he seem in sort of the context of watching it? Well, I mean, I was in the magazine. I mean, I, I think we might have mixed it up when we were talking about the Q and A in ring, and then there was some reports as well of how as how it how he had behaved with the fans. Yeah, the guy who had asked for the, the voice note as part of the, yeah. the deal, which apparently, I mean, I guess this can can kind of defend Jungle Boy a little bit. It's come out that uh, there was a miscommunication with the, the talent and the convention. But I don't know if the, the voice note thing had been approved. Okay. By everybody. But at the same time, Adam Cole apparently did do a voice note for people. Um, right. So he he kind of did it anyway, but it was Jungle Boy who had sort of said, "I'm not doing that." Yeah, even, I mean, even even if it's not been agreed, I mean, you can say, "Hi, it's Jungle Boy. You're listening to this podcast." Like, <laughs> it's it's not like you're being made to say, "Can you just say hi? I'm Jungle Boy, and I'm a conservative, and I love Donald Trump." Like, it's not something that you can be it can be used against you. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. You know. But anyway, yeah, how did he seem in the in the Q and A panel? I'm curious. <laughs> well, you know, lots of people do love Donald Trump. Lots of yeah. people in wrestling, as we know, you know, contributed to his campaign last time. There was that Christopher Feller. There was that Mark Feller. Those veteran guys you might have heard of. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh God. Uh, you know, I guess for more of that next year. You never know. Right. It was the you know the famous picture of um, the McMahons in the Oval Office, wasn't there? Yep. I mean, but now now, uh, now Donald Trump's been successfully sued civilly for uh, sexual assault, so he can you know him and Vince have got something common. I mean, Vince hasn't been. I mean, it's I don't know. It's I mean, who knows what's going to happen out can there? You, I mean, can you believe that? No matter what side you're on, can you believe that there is a, a person running for president next year? who has just been found guilty in a civil case of sexual assault within like a week, and he's out doing town halls. Well, I mean, I'm not going to comment on that because I'm just not going to. And, um, I mean, to me, it's more like, who is this guy? 
But there again, look at the guy who's in the White House. I mean, why wasn't he at the coronation last week? He sent his wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I've got no faith in Biden. Absolutely none. You know, every time he appears, he's like, you're telling me this guy's the president? Really? I don't. I mean, I don't know how anybody on any side can really think that having old men in their late 70s are the people to lead the free world. I mean, I just don't understand it. I mean, I just don't understand it. And there's this weird thing that's coming up at the end of the month, this debt thing in America this, that they might default on. And I often watch foreign news. I realise we're getting off wrestling here and I won't bang on too long about this. <laughs> and I was watching CNN, which is a pro-democratic channel, isn't it? Yeah. CNN. And they were talking about what could happen um, if they don't reach an agreement on this debt thing by the end of May. And it sounded like what went down in 2008. You know, it, and I'm sure they will reach an agreement. But I was kind of astounded by this. <laughs> And it's just like wow! And it was just, this guy just listed out all these all these things that could happen, and it was like two thousand eight all over again. So I'm sure they will reach an agreement because from the way this guy described it, it sounded catastrophic, really bad. So I mean, very odd that we're now like nearly mid May and no agreement. As far as I know, has been reached on this. Hopefully, they will reach one. So I think that was going to be a big story. Um. But uh, anyway, where were we? Jungle oh, yeah, Boy, Jungle Jungle Boy. Boy at, the, at the convention so, at the CUNY. Yeah. So some people, I did read some people online defending Jack Perry and saying, listen, he was fine with me. You know, he was friendly. You know, he wasn't aloof. He wasn't distant. You know, there was no sign of ego or arrogance or anything. And then other people, you know, who maybe had an axe to grind against him and AEW, who knows? All I can really comment on is the Q&A in the ring. And, um, I mean, it was worthy of a, of a piece in the magazine. I was just astounded by the whole thing, Kenny. Um, it just seemed like he couldn't be bothered. Uh, just no enthusiasm about anything. And uh, just not playing the game. And he's been doing this a while now, Kenny. And he's in the main event of Double or Nothing, for God's sake. You know, if you don't know how to play the game when you're in the main event of a pay-per-view, then you shouldn't be in the main event of that pay-per-view. You know, he was there representing AEW, wasn't he, at that yeah, well, convention? We talked, we talk, I, I think we talked about this last week, but it's like you look at a guy like Sammy Guevara, and if he had been at that convention, he would have been selling the company, the event. He would have yeah. been an absolute pro at that. And, he that, and he's a heel. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it was just, you know, it's asked about, you know, what advice would you have for anyone who wanted to get into the wrestling business? And he just said, don't. <laughs> and then, I mean, he might have been kidding. And he said, oh, well, you know, you better get trained properly. But he delivered it with, you know, such an indifferent sort of tone. And it was almost like saying, just don't bother. You know, and I can kind of understand that. Because wrestling is a tough business. But, I mean, it was all right for him. You know, his path to stardom was pretty swift. Let's, let's, be, let's be honest. I mean, still only 25, I think. So, I mean, you know, he didn't have to... I mean, I know he did indie shows, but it's not like it took him 10 years to reach national TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, coming from 
the background he did. I mean, I know obviously his father's no longer around, but I mean, I'm sure he had a very privileged upbringing, you know? So um, it's not like, you know, he was a Darby Allen type. He was living in his car at one point. I believe that was the case with Darby. He was having to sleep in his car. I'm sure he yeah, said that. he was, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's not like he's a guy who had this, you know, the classic fighter story who came from nothing and, you know, pulled himself up by his bootstraps. And, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but I mean, obviously that does happen with a lot of people, not with Jack Perry, you know. What was, um, the, what was the tone What was the tone like with the Billy Gunn thing? Did it seem like he was legitimately sort of burying Billy Gunn? Or did it seem like he was saying it in jest to have a joke? Like, what was the, the tone of that? I don't think he was kidding, no. I mean, he might have been, but I mean, if he was, he had a funny way of going about it. He just seemed so distant and like... He just wasn't enthusiastic or there was no sort of there was no sort of dyna- dynamic sort of energy coming from him. I mean it was all just sort of but like it was beneath him. That was that was the weird thing. I don't know why the hell he even bothered agreeing to go to this. We said this when we first uh, covered this story. He just didn't seem like he was really that interested. Um the only thing I mean the only thing you can say is that you know sometimes people sometimes people are pretty badly affected by jet lag and you know maybe he just wasn't on form but just from what you're saying and from all the comments and all the reports of the Q&A not you know in terms of Q&A it was just like I mean you know I'll, I'll give you an example when I was doing the Wade Barrett tour back in 2017 yeah I was on so we were starting off in Cork there is a point here that I'm getting to, but like, so we started off in Cork and I remember being you know, on the bus to the airport. I was signing from Edinburgh, bus to Edinburgh airport. And I started feeling really violently ill on the bus. And I ended up being like vomiting in the toilet on the bus. Because it just, it was like a bug that came on out of nowhere. There was no advance kind of warning. So I managed to get through the flight, got to Cork. And then the promoter had said, look, just go, go to the hotel and lie down for a couple hours and just come and do the show later on. So I come back later, I do the show, first time meeting Barrett, and I'm, you know, pale white, and uh, and he's going, it's fine, don't worry about it. So we, we get on stage, and I do about an hour of the show, try my absolute best, and then I realise I need to be sick again, so I'm kind of waiting for him to finish a story, and he, he takes, he's telling a really good story, but I just had to interrupt him and go, I'm really sorry guys, I, I need to go off stage, I'm not able to continue and pass on someone else, which was horrible to do, right? But then the next, I still had four days of the tour to do it. So right. by, by sleeping that night, I was able to keep doing the tour. And the next two days were hell, absolute hell. I was so ill, but I had to be in cars. And when I, but whenever I was on stage, I still did the 90-minute interview. They were still really good shows. People really enjoyed them. So if I can get through that, being that ill, you can do one... 30 minute QA. Yeah. And he would, I mean, remember, there's three people up there and Ruby Soho, it was night and day difference between Ruby Soho and Jack Perry in the ring. And Soho was just like so animated. I mean, just so bubbly. She was just like really, you could tell she was delighted to be there. And this was, you know, a dream come true for her to be at this fan convention. And, um, you know, engaging with the questions and just wanted to provide value, you know, answers that had some value to them. 
Um, and I should point out, actually, in the Q&A in the ring, Perry said that he'd been out to the Northern Quarter the previous evening for a drink with Anna Jay. So he was feeling all right from what I could work out. And maybe jet lag here, I don't know. But they'd definitely been there. This was definitely at least day two of their trip. And they'd been out, you know, around the Northern Quarter to uh, to one of the bars there. So I don't think he was, you know, he could blame it on illness. Maybe he was tired. I don't know. But I mean, everyone you, else. You put the game face on. Yeah, everyone else was. They'd flown in as well, hadn't they? So yeah. I mean, I will say I, I do like Jungle Boy and I actually do wish the best for him. I think, you know, echo what you said about, you know, him turning heel. I think that would be really good for him. So none of this is coming from a place of me or you actively enjoying that he was a bit off at this event. Well it, well, it was. And if he wasn't, we wouldn't be talking about it now. I mean, watch the video for yourself, if yeah. you don't believe me. So on the Monopoly I mean, Events YouTube channel, just type in Jungle Boy Monopoly Events, you, you'll find it. Um, listen, Finn, that's all the time we've got for, for today. We hope you've enjoyed our chats. We'll be back on Tuesday with what's going down uh, to cover the latest TV. We'll be able to talk about the AEW Dynamite from this past Wednesday with a big cage match they had as well. And um, But if you can't wait till Tuesday, if you want more of us, then we will be recording a Power Slam Overrun after this with more of your questions that I asked for on Facebook, uh, the Inside the Ropes community private group on Facebook. You can go and find that and join us, and sometimes you get to ask some questions for the pod. So, um, yeah, uh, thank you so much for all your support, everybody. Patreon.com forward slash Inside the Ropes is where you can pick up uh, more of us talking about wrestling, and obviously Inside the Ropes magazine.com is where you can now pre-order the next issue with Gunther on the cover, uh, shock and awe is the is the title. So uh, <laughs> hope you will enjoy reading all about that. It's a it's a great feature, and uh, you know gives you a, a lot of insight into Gunther if you're only familiar with him as you know WWE's resident ring general. Yes, and there's lots more in the issue as always. As always. So thank you very much for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.